right? Eat less and move more, mm -hmm. right? And that's a big push. That's the biggest misconception out there, that you need to cut your calories and exercise more. So most nutritionists and dietitians, not all, but a lot of them, they'll look at the symptom and they'll treat the symptom and say, okay, we need to help you lose weight to get healthy. But that's backwards. You get healthy to lose weight. Losing weight is a side effect. All that just happens, you get to your healthy body weight. So that, there's so many misconceptions out there regarding that. With my book and my purpose and me speaking in front of people and studying three hours every day, it's because I wanna just help people. I wanna help one billion people, like that's my mission. Every single day I wake up and I'm, how can I help the world? How can I help the people around me? So my purpose is to kind of cut through all that noise. And that's what I do, I, cut, I educate people and I cut through all that noise and I teach you what works and what doesn't work and why. Get you on this show, talk about your dreams, aspirations, goals, whatever you want to discuss that's going to help somebody get better. How's it going, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Unlimited Power Show. We got the perfect health. Now, what is your definition of the perfect health? Is it some things you've seen on Instagram, some things you've probably read somewhere, or maybe something the big cocky dude in the gym told you to do? <laughs> well, today we have the one and only Ben Zadi to debunk the misconceptions here in the health industry because it's needed. There's a lot of false information out there pretty much. So just like I always say here on the Unlimited Power Show, we don't like to introduce anyone. I believe that everyone makes a better impression when they introduce themselves. So Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history? Let's start from your childhood. How did you grow up? What was your life like when you were growing up? What was your circumstances like? What was your mindset like? First of all, Thank you for having me here today. I uh, appreciate that, Edward. And who I was growing up was somebody who was very much overweight. Yeah. Obese, actually. I was overweight and obese most of my life. So my childhood experience was being bullied, was being addicted to video games and pizza, <laughs> and a lot of the bad stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't really until I was 24 years old, which was about eight years, uh, nine years ago, mm -hmm. that I decided to make a change in my life, right? but. At that point, I was rock bottom. Yeah. I was going through a bad breakup with my girlfriend who had dumped me of four years. Uh, I was working at a nine to five job and I was depressed and I was weighing 242 pounds, right? Yeah. And I decided at that point, at that moment, that I am responsible for my life. I am responsible for my health. Not the news, not my mom, not my metabolism, not my genetics. But up until that point, I was blaming everybody else and everything else except for myself, right? Mm -hmm. So I decided that I am responsible. And I said those words and I truly meant those words. And it, the funny thing about that is that you can't say I am responsible and be miserable and unhappy at the same time. You yeah. feel empowered when you say that, yeah. right? So I said I am responsible and I surrounded myself with people like you, people who are going places, mentors and books. And nine months from that point, nine yeah. months later, yeah. I, I lost 80 pounds. I transformed my health. I, I shredded 80 pounds of pure fat. I finally got a six pack. I never had a six pack in my entire life. Uh, but more important than a physical six-pack, yeah. I got a mental six-pack. You deep. know, I transformed my mentality. Because the way I used to speak to myself, 
Man, my mindset was really bad. I did not have a successful mindset. So I transformed my mentality. I got a mental six pack, a physical six pack, and then I started my first company and became an entrepreneur. And then, you know, everything just snowballed from there. You are someone who I would say was on the other side of the fitness, fitness line. So there's fit and there's unfit. There's yeah. two sides. Yeah. So not only now you switched the line around, came to the fit side, and right now you're starting to have a movement within the industry. And you started, you have a gym? I do. I have yeah, a gym. multiple ones, or just yeah. I have a gym that has two two gym two uh, businesses within yeah. that gym. Yeah. It's called Live Free CrossFit. It's mm -hmm. in Miami, Florida. Welcome to Live Free. Live Free CrossFit is different than any other CrossFit you've ever been to. It's not just a gym. We are a community. We will teach you all the movements that you need to know. Don't be scared of weightlifting. So not only are you going to get the best of the intensity that CrossFit has to offer, but we also offer recovery, nutrition. We offer the whole holistic approach. We don't neglect any part of fitness. We incorporate it all into a class. And then I also have my Shred Fat Company, which I do health coaching and personal training. So what got you into, you know, like, okay, now I'm not just gonna change my life. I'm gonna help everybody else change their lives. I feel like a lot of people who are great, who, 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 who leave something, realize that sometimes they just gotta step outside themselves. Like, this is so great for me now. I gotta, I gotta get somebody else. What made you wanna do that? Why, yeah. why weren't you selfish about it? Like, I'm gonna lose 80 pounds, I'm gonna get me a bunch of girls, we're gonna be happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why didn't you do that? That was my intention, though, yeah. to, to make my ex-girlfriend, you know, yeah. I'm gonna show you, like, this is what you missed out on. Because oh. that's what kept me motivated for a little bit, but that doesn't last long. There has to be a, a bigger calling, a bigger purpose, right? As I started my company, I had, I was helping a lot of people who were overweight, just like I was, and I knew what it felt like to be obese and overweight, so I would help them. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really until about four years ago that it really, my purpose was revealed to me, and this was when my father got sick. Yeah. My father was uh, type two diabetic for, for most of my life, so I watched him struggle and his health just deteriorate, uh, be reliant on medication, and I would take him to his doctor's appointments, and then four years ago he suffered a, a massive stroke, and he got paralyzed from the entire right side of his body, and he wow. lost the ability to speak, and he was hospitalized, obviously, and I visited him for, for up to nine months uh, back and forth every single week visiting him, consoling him, and just helping him get through that difficult period. And it was August uh, 11th, uh, a Monday night, I remember I went to go visit him, and he was in the worst shape that I had ever seen him. He was, he was convulsing, he was uh, throwing up on himself. Yeah. And it looked, you know, this is my father that I'm looking at, just looking really sick and, and, and bad. You know, I, it was really a tough visual for me to look at. And the doctors cleaned him up, the nurses cleaned him up, and you know, I, I said goodnight to him, that I kissed him on the forehead, I told him that I'm his son and, and he's my father. And I went home that night and uh, I was praying, you know, I was praying for his suffering to end. You know, it's been nine months, he's just been stuck in a bed, just health deteriorating, and I prayed. And uh, something about that, that prayer was, was unique because I felt like somebody or something was listening to me. I had never experienced that before. Yeah. But I was in that moment, and then the next day, Less than 24 hours, I get a phone call from my father's nurse saying that my father stopped breathing that morning and they could not resuscitate him and he had passed on. And, uh, you know, it was difficult because this is my father. I was happy because he was not suffering and I yeah. was sad because my father is gone. But, but what really sparked my purpose at that moment and that whole process was the fact that his disease, his death, was a preventable disease. Like type two diabetes is, is a preventable, it's a lifestyle disease, Yeah. right? And then it was also a reversible disease. I could have helped, if I had all the information that I had now, 
there's no doubt in my, in my mind that I would have saved this life. You know, but I know that I was given that mountain, so now I could show other people that that mountain could be moved. Wow. So that's exactly what I do. Like with my book and my purpose and me speaking in front of people and studying three hours every day, it's because I want to just help people. I want to help one billion people. Like that's my mission. Every single day I wake up and I'm, how can I help the world? How can I help the people around me? I want to provide as much value on this with our Facebook Lives and Instagram Lives and yeah. this video to just help people because there's a lot of bad information out there. Yeah. So much information, it could be so overwhelming. So my purpose is to kind of cut through all that noise. And that's what I do. I cut, I educate people and I cut through all that noise and I teach you what works and what doesn't work and why. So with that being said, what are some of the misconceptions here in the Western medicine hemisphere and, and within the nutrition and health industry in general that, that we need to start to look at and debunk? You know, because I think we live in a society where we wait till people get sick and we feed them drugs, you know, and then instead of preventing, preventing them from getting sick at all, like, so, what are some myths and misconceptions that you could debunk right now, like within the industry that you've been seeing over the years? Yeah, well, the biggest one is that you hear it all the time from personal trainers and from fitness yeah. gurus. Mm -hmm. uh, and they say that if you want to lose weight, cut your calories and exercise more. Yeah. Right? Eat less and move more. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's a big push. That's yeah. like if you go to somebody and they give you, a, if you want to get a general answer and you ask them, how do I lose weight? That's what they're going to tell you, right? Yeah. And that, there's something wrong with that approach. Mm -hmm. A, the body doesn't care about calories. Doesn't give a crap about calories. Mm -hmm. The body has no way to count calories, so why are we counting calories? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And B, that approach fails 99.9% .9 of the time. And let me explain why. Do you remember the TV show, The Biggest Loser? Yeah. Right, so The Biggest Loser was a perfect example. They had these morbidly obese individuals, and they would put them on this approach cut their calories, exercise more, right? So, and it worked at first. They yeah. all got amazing transformations, right? So it's going to work at first. But what happened to them? And what happens to everybody else who tries this approach? They gained, the TV show ended. They had their whole celebration. The TV show ended and all the contestants gained all the weight back. Yeah. Plus more. And they had to sign a gag order that said they couldn't talk about it in public. Why do you think there's no uh, reunion show? There's never a reunion show because everybody, they wreck their metabolism. So if you follow that approach, you're going to wreck your metabolism. So that's a big myth out there that cutting your calories, the body doesn't care about calories. It cares about the hormonal response to from those calories, right? Wow. What is the, so if I gave this person 1,000 calories of uh, brownies mm -hmm. every single day, and then I gave this other person 1,000 calories of a kale salad and salmon every single day, it's the same amount of calories. One person is going to get fat and mess up their metabolism and hormones. Yeah. The other person is going to lose weight and have healthier hormones, right? And, and that's the biggest misconception out there, that you need to cut your calories and exercise more. Wow. So everything, pretty much everyone has known, <laughs> not everyone, that most people here, yeah. that, that's pretty much. So why can't most people lose weight? Why is this thing so, so difficult to happen? Because this is like, it's a, it's a hurdle. That's not just a physical hurdle, it's a mental hurdle. Like, think about it, you're running, you're, you're jogging, you're spending years trying to get this thing, and for some reason you just can't do it. Think about the mental defeat. Yeah. That, and that, that could be taken into your other areas of life, so why can't most people lose weight? Is it a mental battle, is it, is it a physical battle, is it an emotional battle, is it just mis misinformation? It is all of that. I mean, the, the bottom line though is the, mis is the bad information, because you have 
you have nutritionists and you have dietitians and you have doctors that are giving you this advice. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't work. You know, it, it, it only works for five months and then you wreck your metabolism because this is what happens. Yeah. I look at the science of it. I look at the physiology, right? Mm -hmm. The facts. So if you have somebody who's eating 2,000 calories every single day, yeah. and they're also, their metabolism is also burning 2,000 mm -hmm. calories, right? They're, they're, they're plateaued. They're not losing weight. They're not gaining weight, but they want to lose 20 pounds. Yeah. So they follow this approach that we were just talking about, cutting the calories. So they drop their calories, eating calories from 2,000 calories to 1,500, right? So they have a 500 calorie deficit. Yeah. And then after several days, when they equal 3,500 calorie deficit, that's about one pound of fat. And then they keep doing that. So it makes sense, right? It's a logical thing. And they'll start to lose the weight and they'll think that I'm stupid because they've watched this and they don't believe me. Yeah. But then what happens if the body is so sophisticated and so intelligent, you can't trick it. The, the body was burning 2,000 calories, right? Yeah. This person started eating 1,500 calories and after several months, four or five months, it starts to match the calories coming in. So what happens is that you wrecked your metabolism, you, uh, you slowed it down, you mess with your hormones, yeah. and then you're angry all the time, you're cold all the time, and you have to go on medication for a thyroid, a thyroid pill or something like that. Because emotions begin, become diseased. Yeah. Um, imbalances. Imbalances. So it's it's the start of all that. Yeah. But and and, and I want to also make one thing clear is that nobody in the history of this world has ever had a weight problem. And I want to clarify what I mean by that. Yeah. Everybody, those people who think they have a weight problem, they have a weight symptom. Yeah. The real problem is the hormones and the metabolism. The symptom is being overweight. So most nutritionists and dietitians, not all, but a lot of them, they'll look at the symptom and they'll treat the symptom and say, okay, we need to help you lose weight to get healthy. But that's backwards. You get healthy to lose weight. Once you get healthy and take care of your hormones and the mental, mental, emotional part about it, losing weight is a side effect. All that just happens, you get to your healthy body weight. So that, there's so many misconceptions out there regarding that. So to debunk this misconception, you have this thing called the, the Constanza effect. <laughs> yeah. And so tell us more about that. I used to watch Seinfeld because I didn't have cable yeah. when I was a kid growing up. And I would watch Seinfeld. It was very, it was very interesting. It was a show about nothing, but it meant something. Yeah, show <laughs> so about what nothing, but it was so popular. Yeah. So uh, how old are you? I'm 23 years old. 23. Nice. Uh, yeah, I watched it because it was part of my childhood growing yeah. up. The George Costanza is a character from Seinfeld, yeah. right? He mm -hmm. was one of the main characters. And there was an episode where he would go... He would uh, make certain decisions in his life yeah. where it was leading to just bad things. Life has been wrong. <laughs> My life is the complete opposite of everything I want it to be. Every instinct I have in every aspect of life, be it something to wear, something to eat, it's often wrong. <laughs> yeah. Where it was leading to just bad things. Mm -hmm. Like he was not getting anywhere in life, not getting any results. So he decided, okay, I'm gonna do everything the opposite way, completely backwards. Yeah. So Slot cup of coffee. Yeah. No, 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 wait a minute. I always have tuna on toast. Nothing's ever worked out for me with tuna on toast. <laughs> I want the complete opposite of tuna on toast. Chicken salad on rye, <laughs> untoasted, with a side of potato salad, and a cup of tea. <laughs> Everything he was doing, he did the complete opposite. And what happened was amazing things started to happen. His whole entire life changed. So what I say is that whatever you see mainstream media talk about, whether it's Facebook, social media, the news, your coworkers, 
fake news. Yeah, whatever you see the the masses talk about, yeah. do the complete opposite, and you're gonna be in the right direction. Wow. Well, here's your chance to try the opposite. Instead of tuna salad and being intimidated by women, chicken salad and going right up to them. Yeah, I should do the opposite. I should. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. <laughs> yes, I will do the opposite. I used to sit here and do nothing and regret it for the rest of the day. So now I will do the opposite and I will do... So do the complete opposite of everything you've been doing, it, unless you've been doing it right. Unless it's working, because at the end of the day, all that matters is results. But if you're not getting the results you want, something, something has to change, right? So, like, a lot of people come to me like, what's the diet I should do? Like, what's the diet? What's the diet? I'm like, life is not a diet. Do you think, do you want to live in a life of restriction or, like, fulfillment you know I think that that's a question that I don't think people should restrict themselves so do you believe that people should start looking at well should I do this diet or that diet or should people look at what's working for my body and what should I do to restore my body natural way of yeah. being like so what, what are you th your thoughts on that well there's not one diet that's gonna work for everybody yeah, yeah. Uh, and if somebody tells you that they're either really misconfused or mm -hmm. misinformed yeah. or they're trying to get your money uh, so I would never tell you there's one diet. And in my book, when you read it, I talk about my experiments with being a vegan for a year and a half, yeah. being a doing paleo, ketogenic, and all that. The reason is because we're all biochemical individuals. And here's here's a great story that I heard from Bob Proctor. Are you familiar with Bob Proctor? Yeah. He's from The Secret, very smart guy. He was talking about uh, a story about um, uh, a sculptor, a, a, an artist, and he had a block of concrete. And this gentleman would chip away every day at this concrete, chip away at it. And a young boy would visit every single week and see the progress being made. Uh, being made. And it started with this big block. And this guy would just go every day, chip away, chip away, chip away. And this boy would come and look every single week. And then several weeks passed, and this artist finished his masterpiece. It was yeah. a Greek god. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to the kid, and he goes, what do you think to the kid that's been watching every single week? Mm -hmm. And the kid goes, mister, How'd you know that guy was in there? Yeah. <laughs> and the point is that there's a masterpiece in all of us. Mm. And the reason that the Mona Lisa is so expensive is because it's one of a kind. You're one of a kind, I'm one of a kind. We're all biochemical individuals who require different specific needs. The way we were created is so complex and wonderful, it's beyond what we even will ever know probably. So there's not one diet that's gonna help you and me. Yeah. You know, there's not one diet that's gonna help everybody. We all have different genetics. We all have different um, hormones. We all have different things going on within us. So I would never tell you to do one diet. I would yeah. tell you to experiment, like you were saying, see what works best for you as a biochemical individual. And if you're thriving, if you feel good, you got the blood work to back yeah. it up, like that, boom, that's the sweet spot right there. So like our body is a Mona Lisa, it's an art. It's a, it's a, it's a portrait, it's a canvas. And as we begin to work inside and out, sometimes the artist procrastinates. You know, like you said, you didn't make a decision to change your life up until 24. I mean, and that's soon for most people. Most people don't do it till 40 or 50, till yeah. they get the heart disease, till they get high blood pressure, till they get diabetes. And I remember listening to uh, a, someone talking about the painter who actually did uh, paint Mona Lisa. And he procrastinated, procrastinated, procrastinated up until the point where his creativity got much better to be able to paint that portrait. And scientific research has shown that mid-level procrastinators are more creative than someone who doesn't procrastinate or a chronic procrastinator. Mm. And a lot of times your 
you're struggling with getting your health down and you like, okay, I'm gonna do it next week, I'm gonna do it next year, I'm gonna do it in three years, I'm gonna do it on my birthday, and it doesn't happen, that's giving you time to kind of learn more, you know, to, to fail more. And what advice could you give someone out there who feels like, man, I know I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this great knowledge from you, um, but for me, it's just, I can never do it, you know? Like, what can you say to them, you know? Yeah. What can you say to that person? Yeah. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this video.